if freedom fails. We'd like to take you on a visit to a town that doesn't exist. A town we call Springfield, USA. We'd like to show you how things would be in any American town if communism took over. This is the story of a newspaper. It's the story of what happens to any newspaper under a communist regime. Starring Jeff Chandler as Arnold Wilson, the story is entitled Circulation. Mr. Wilson, wonderful plant. The most modern in the country, Mr. Gordon. We turn out over 100,000 newspapers daily. Twice that on Sunday, in color. Very impressive, very impressive. <laughs> Springfield's only a medium-sized town, but we cover the entire Midwest farm belt. Oh, would you like to visit the composing room? Uh, thank you, no. I, I don't have too much time. You were going to let me meet the heads of the department. Oh, yes, they're waiting in the conference room. This door. It's, uh, it's one flight up. The elevator's well, right let's up. Let's walk, Mr. Wilson. I, I see the stairway right here. I enjoy walking. Oh, good. Climbing steps is about the only exercise I get these days. Oh? I was under the impression you went around digging with a shovel or a trowel or something of the sort. Someone told me you were quite the archaeologist. Well, I, I'm just a summer archaeologist of very amateur dimensions. Publisher doesn't have too much time for his hobbies. His ambitions get in his way, I suppose. Oh, what are your ambitions, Mr. Wilson? Oh, to, to have the biggest newspaper circulation in the world? Not too profound an ambition, is it? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. A plant like this deserves it. If we of the Press Directions Bureau can help you, feel free to call on us, please. Feel free to call on us. Oh, thank you, I will. Here we are. Gentlemen and Miss Hunter... This is Mr. Edward Gordon of the Press Directions Bureau. How do you do? I, uh, I regret that only now have I found time to visit your fine newspaper. As I was telling Mr. Wilson, I have just completed a tour of the press of the country, and nowhere, nowhere have I found an establishment that surpasses yours. Uh, uh, well, uh, that's about all. I, I just wanted to say that the Press Directions Bureau is at your service at all times, day or night, at all times. Good day, gentlemen. Goodbye, Mr. Wilson. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Gordon. Who does he like? All right, everybody, just relax. Are you referring to our minds or our bodies, Mr. Wilson? Desmond, don't you think it's about time you put aside the vitriolic exterior? If I don't, I suppose it'll be put aside for me. Mr. Wilson, what was the purpose of his visit? Is it the beginning of censorship? We've been handed any directives? Are we to have... Well, no, I, I think we're anticipating a volcano that isn't even thinking of erupting. Oh, you think so, do you, Mr. Wilson? Yes, Desmond, I think so. After all, they've allowed me to keep my newspaper. It's as they said. American communism is following the dictates and needs of American people and its culture. Not trying to Russianize us. Oh, you mean they're content with renaming a few of our streets and parks after members of the Politburo? Six months have passed, and that's as far as they've gone. Now, stick to your drama pages, Desmond. Leave the political aspects of life to the editorial department. As a matter of fact, I want all departments sharpened. I want our circulation increased. We've gone past the Chicago Telegram and the Detroit Sun. Now I want to catch the Herald. 
Wait a minute, Mr. Wilson. We're at the limit of our circulation. We're using our full quota of newsprint right now. It's correction, Mr. Thomas. The Press Directions Bureau has just doubled our quota. And what do we have to do for that? Just put out a good newspaper. Copy, boy. Take this, please. Yes, sir, Mr. Desmond. The boss wants to see you. Right. He wants you to bring a copy of your latest review. Right. On the carpet again, Desmond? Why break precedent? Whatever it is, deny it, Desmond. I always do. Oh, Desmond. Come in, sit down. You, uh, you know Mr. Gordon, press directions? Yes. Oh, yes, we, we have met. I know and admire Mr. Desmond's work in the theater. I think your reviews, Mr. Desmond, are truly literary gems. Thank you. I think so, too. With the exception of the one which appeared last night, the review on uh, The Last Holdout. Really? I thought that was one of my best critiques. Well, Mr. Gordon has taken exception to some things you said. It seems, Mr. Desmond, that you lambasted every character who reflected some aspect of the new America and praised those who were counter-revolutionary and strove to restore the old decadent order. My yardstick, Mr. Gordon, is not the political orientation of the characters, but the dramatic believability of them. The play was bad. After all, the essence of drama is conflict, and the purpose of drama is truth. I found this play completely lacking in both. The purpose of all literature, whatever its form, Mr. Desmond, is to advance the cause of communism. The supreme judge as to whether a given effort serves this aim is whether it jibes with communist realism. And how do you define communist realism? Realism may be summarized as a negative attitude towards everything and everyone not pro-Soviet and a positive attitude toward everything Soviet. I see. Uh, excuse me, gentlemen. Yes. Hello? Yes, Thomas. Oh, fine. Fine. Our circulation has jumped 4,000 in only three days. Congratulations, Mr. Wilson. That's a total of 12,000 in the last month, isn't it? Yes. No newspapers even equal that record. It's due to an on-the-toe staff. And to the fact the telegram went out of business last month. Oh, Mr. Desmond is a bundle of cynicism, isn't he? Just a bundle of cynicism. Well, I must be going. I do hope that in the future, Mr. Desmond, your reviews will be more uh, judicious. Uh, by the way, Mr. Gordon, did you see the play? No. Goodbye, gentlemen. Well, they started on us. Well, they started nothing. My tradition, Mr. Wilson, is against censorship. He censored nothing. He made a suggestion, that's all. Your trouble, Desmond, is, is that you see a commissar behind every typewriter. Well, just go back to your desk and write the reviews as you see them. I'll write them as Gordon sees them. I can't support my wife and child from behind barbed wire. Look, Mr. Wilson, I've been advertising manager of this sheet for 25 years. What am I supposed to do? And what are the other people in my department supposed to do? Well, they still have jobs with this paper, Jameson. But not in advertising. Well, now, now, get it through your head. The state has decreed no more advertising. Might be a good thing, too. Too often the advertisers have tried to interfere with our policy. Now, look, Jameson, your people can be absorbed into one of the other departments. The paper's still growing. We can be the biggest in the world. <laughs> Wilson, how are we going to keep the interest of the woman's describer? Well, frankly, I don't know, Miss Hunter. That's your department, your problem. But no rotogravure section. What kind of an excuse is that? 
photogravure is a bourgeoisie hangover, a decadent reminder of a dead age. Well, I, I don't like the way they phrase it. And then the directive about eliminating fashion reports, beauty aid society doing. Well, after all, Miss Hunter, is that so important? Well, to a woman it is. A woman's life is drudgery enough taking care of a home, a husband, a family. One of the ways she used to get out of it, for a short time at least, was through the pages of this newspaper. She doesn't want to constantly read about the hard lot of the female in Azerbaijan, the collective life of the collective woman in Bulgaria, or the number of acres tilled by the woman of Tibet. One of the functions of a newspaper is to educate the people, to keep them informed. Right. But do we have to keep them informed about only one aspect of life? Can't they be educated and have enjoyment at the same time? I thought the idea was to bring everybody up to our standards, not to bring us down to the lowest common denominator of women. Well, you've got a point. I'll check with press directions and see what can be done about that directive. But the rotogravure is definitely out. It's a question of circulation. We can't spare the newsprint. Why not? Because our new quota carries the stipulation that the newsprint is to be used to report only upon those things connected with communist realism. Well, he's the best sports reporter in the world. I beg your pardon? Okay, Mr. Gordon, he's the best sports reporter in America. Now, Jones, there's no reason to get angry at Mr. Gordon. He just wants to clarify a few things. Okay, clarify things, but don't ask me to fire Emery. He wrote an extremely unfair column. Extremely. He wrote that the Illinois basketball team was far superior to the Soviet Union champs. He wrote that the game was a farce. He wrote that we had to use their rules, their referee, their different type ball. He wrote that Illinois so outclassed the Soviet Union that it was ridiculous. He wrote that the final score was Soviet Union 102, Illinois 44. He wrote that this state of affairs prevails in every sport in this country when a Soviet Union team visits the United States. He wrote that it's a must that American teams lose to Soviet teams. An extremely derogatory and a discourteous way to write about a brother country. That's why he's to stop writing. That's why he's to be discharged. Or at least that's my suggestion, Mr. Wilson. Emery should be discharged. Best sports reporter in the world. I, in America. I hope my suggestion meets with your approval, Mr. Wilson. It would please my office considerably if you discharged Mr. Emery. Considerably. Well, I'll tell him. Oh, wait a minute, Jones. Yeah. Have Emery report to Desmond in drama. Let him work there for a while. Morning Globe. Morning Globe. Just a moment. I'll connect you with Classified. Yeah, one Morning Globe. Yes, Mr. Wilson Morning got back today. Appointments must yes, be made yes. through his secretary. I'll connect you. Morning Globe. Drama? Morning Globe. One moment, please. Morning Globe. Yes, he's back. Yes, Mr. Gordon. He's in a meeting now. Well, I'm sure he'll speak to you. One moment, please. I'll ring him for you. Hello? Hello, Wilson? Oh, yes. Gordon, how are you? Enjoy your vacation? Oh, I had a wonderful time, Mr. Gordon. Swinging a pick in some old ruins in Yucatan isn't my idea of fun, but <laughs> I suppose that's what makes horse races. <laughs> it's like yogurt. One has to cultivate a taste for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're back anyway, Wilson. Just wanted to tell you how happy I am with the progress your paper's made. Well, thank you, Mr. Gordon. If you need anything, just call on me. I will. I'll drop in to see you one of these days. Fine. Goodbye. 
Sorry for interruption, folks. Well, now, now, I wanted you all here to tell you how much I appreciate what you've done while I was away. Our circulation figures have passed the heralds. We now have the largest circulation in America. I want to congratulate you. Why? Well, just what does that mean, Mr. Desmond? We had nothing to do with it. The sun was put out of business in June. Seems that every other day, another paper goes out and our circulation goes up. Everything we touch turns to circulation, like King Midas of old. The establishment smells of circulation. Oh, it's not our fault that the sun went out. Admirably phrased, the sun went out. Desmond, I think it advisable that you not start drinking so early in the day. I drink all day long, Mr. Wilson. You would, too, if your typewriter vomited all over you every time you wrote something. Yeah, a lot of us have started drinking. Sports departments become a saloon. You may as well face it, Mr. Wilson. The globe's like a morgue. We all feel like obituary writers. Well, I... Thought this was an occasion for festivities instead. Instead, we're... we're having a delightful wake. It's no wake. We've attained our goal, the largest circulation in the world. Yes, the largest circulation of unread newspapers in the world. Well, you should be in crossword puzzles, Desmond. You're talking enigmas. It's no enigma, Mr. Wilson. I'm circulation manager, and it's too blasted plain to me. I admire the fight you're putting up against realism, Mr. Wilson. Not communist realism, good old American realism. You remember red, white, and blue realism. The realism that says two plus two equals four. The realism that says if nobody is reading your newspaper, there's a reason. What's he talking about, Thomas? Our newspapers stay unopened on doorsteps. They go into garbage cans without being read. They're used for insulation, for drawer linings, for shelving. But nobody reads them. Why not? Because we're just a blown-up daily worker. Don't pretend you didn't know what was happening, Mr. Wilson. Most of us can't run away on expeditions to Yucatan to escape growing realization. Oh, that's ridiculous. Why do people buy our paper if they don't read it? They all have to take out subscriptions through their workers and cultural organizations. If they don't, they're in trouble. Why us? Why not the Daily Worker? Because the Daily Worker had a lousy reputation. The Press Directions Bureau wanted our prestige. People used to read us, you know. You see, Mr. Wilson, the Sun and the Telegram refused to print the nonsense we do, so they were killed. And we inherited their circulation. Oh, you've constantly referred to those papers as having been killed, Desmond. Just how... Simple. They were refused newsprint. They were plagued by a constant series of strikes that weren't strikes in the true sense. News dealers who handled them were beaten up. Their delivery trucks were sabotaged. Shall I continue? Is that true, Thomas? Yes. Anybody who doesn't print their handouts ends up the same way. We can only print what they want us to. We don't have an opinion left in any department. Morton, you haven't said anything. That's the same thing in editorial, Mr. Wilson. We get directives on the subjects that are safe. Where have I been while all this was going on? In Yucatan, digging. If you want to keep your job, Desmond, shut up. Where is this list, Morton? I've never seen it. Now get your copy. Well, what's been in our columns, in our editorials, in our news pages? Oh, I've been writing a rapturous story about the scenic beauty of the Volga. I've been writing glowing reviews of all the hack plays by hack writers who are making a fortune following the dictates of the cultural committee. Me? I've been writing about sports in the animal world. It's the same all over the country. I don't believe nobody's reading our paper. I wouldn't read it. Nor I. Me neither. All right, that's enough. You mean we have permission to return to our desk? No, no, it's our fault if we're not read. I'd be happy if we got one, just one insulting letter about anything in the sheet. But nobody even bothers. All right, from now on, there'll be a different emphasis. The Globe is printing what the Globe wants to print. You mean that, boss? Yes, I mean it. Let's well, start with that story of Jefferson and Jackson. Well, that's a hey, one. yeah! Wait a while. Perfect beginning. Uh, uh, what, what story? 
Supposedly, there's been some discovery of unknown papers of Jefferson and Jackson's in an Indian Pueblo in New Mexico, of all places. It slipped into a wire service report, but there was no follow-up on it. Well, get a reporter out there. Uh, it won't do any good. We have a special directive on early Americans, especially on Jefferson, Jackson, Madison, Payne, dozens of others. We can't print anything on them. Why not? They said too many things about democracy. They said too many things about the right of the people to revolt. You see, Mr. Wilson, in these times, Jefferson, Jackson, and Payne are considered counter-revolutionary. Just a minute. Yes, sir. Get me Gordon of press directions. I refuse to believe I've been that poor a judge of men. Somehow there must be a mistake. Yes, Mr. Gordon, sir. Thank you. Hello, Gordon. Speaking, Wilson. Something wrong? I don't know. You've mentioned quite often that were I in need of anything, I simply had to call upon you. Absolutely. All right, I'm calling on you. Name it, Wilson. My staff tells me that they have orders from press directions to write only upon certain subjects. They tell me that there are subjects that are forbidden. They tell me They've also... I've been telling you bundles of misinformation. Bundles of it. You deny, then, that you ever sent any directives ordering... Of course I deny that we sent any directives ordering anybody to do things. The directives we send are merely suggestive. Suggestive, that is all. Suggestive. And what happens if these suggestions aren't carried out? I don't understand. If your suggestions aren't carried out, are newsprint quotas cut, are news dealers attacked, are trucks sabotaged? Mr. Wilson, you must have been reading some peculiar brand of science fiction. Naturally, we hope that our, any suggestions we offer are accepted. If they are not, we try to make other suggestions that will be accepted. Newsprint, news dealers, and trucks. <laughs> Please, Mr. Wilson, remember this is Soviet America. Then I can print anything I want. Why, of course, as long as it isn't libelous. As long as it isn't libelous. Thank you, Mr. Gordon. Well, to coin an old expression, the proof will be in the pudding. Morton. Yes, sir? There'll be no editorial tomorrow. No editorial? I thought we were going to town. We are. On the editorial page, I want printed the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. How will I lead into Since it? Since when do those documents need a lead-in? Just print them without comment from us. Let's see if it'll elicit comment from them. You are listening to Circulation, starring Jeff Chandler. A story of the way things could be if communism took over. A picture of what life would be like under a communist regime in an ordinary American town. A town we call Springfield, USA. ask me to hurry right over, Mr. Wilson. Yes, I did. Will you come down to the composing room with me, Mr. Gordon? Of course, of course. This way, please. Uh, what seems to be the trouble? The composing room is on strike. Oh? Well, what's A the... queer state of affairs where the compositors are forced on strike because someone doesn't like what appears on our editorial pages. Through here, please. Well, I, I don't understand. Well, it's very simple. I ordered something printed on the editorial page. The compositors started setting it up gladly. Then somehow word got out of what we were doing. Word got out to the wrong people. Evidently you have a spy in your establishment, Mr. Wilson. Yes, you, you must have a spy. Exactly. And from out of nowhere, the composing room was on strike. If the workers want to strike... They have a perfect right to, yes. If they have grievances, if they're unhappy with their working conditions. But where does right end and coercion begin? This way, please. Coercion? There is no coercion of workers in this Soviet... May I have your attention, gentlemen? 
Please. Have you decided to go back to work? Have you decided to revise the editorial page? Ah, Mr. Austin. The man standing next to me is Mr. Gordon of the Press Directions Bureau. Mr. Gordon claims that a newspaper can print anything it wants. I don't care what Mr. Gordon says. We compositors refuse to print anything reminiscent of the decadent past. Mr. Gordon, the man who just spoke to me is named Austin. He isn't a compositor. He doesn't work in this plant. As a matter of fact, I've discovered he's never worked on a newspaper or even in a printing shop. Besides being a lousy newspaper man, you're a liar. There was no trouble here, no conflict about the editorial page until Mr. Austin arrived quite suddenly this morning. But I do not understand why the men are on strike if Mr. Austin is not one of them. I'm a member of the union. By special dispensation of the state. You've never set a line of type in your life. Before the present government came in, you never were a compositor. You never belonged to any local or national union. You weren't an organizer. You were nothing. You're a liar on every count. Now, now, there must be some mistake, Mr. Wilson. If Austin is what you say and the men don't feel the way he does, then why... Why are they on strike? Because Austin is from the Labor Bureau. Well? I'll be graphic about it, Mr. Gordon. Wolf. Yes, sir. Do you want to go on strike? Yes. If you don't go on strike, do you lose your labor card? Answer me. Mr. Gordon's here. He'll protect you, I'm sure. If you don't strike at Mr. Austin's insistence, do you lose your labor card? Don't answer him, Wolf. We have to answer nothing he asks. Morehouse. Yes? Do you want to strike? Yes. If you don't, will you lose your labor card? Can answer anything he asks. Will you lose your labor card? Will you lose your right to make a living if you don't follow Austin's orders? Austin of the Labor Bureau. Austin, the representative of this government. Now, just a moment, Mr. Wilson. I've heard you ask the men if they wanted to strike, and I've heard them say yes. I see no evidence of coercion here. After all, they can strike if they want to. It's a free country. A free country? For a man to lose his right to make a living if he doesn't follow orders? Months ago, you told me your ambition was to have the biggest circulation in the world. You have it. Why create problems? Yes, I have it. The biggest circulation of unread newspapers in the world. If that's what I wanted, Mr. Gordon, I could give out circulars or throwaways. I want my paper to be read. I want my paper to be a public service. I want my paper to be good. I've read the back issues of the Globe. No wonder people are sick of it. All it consists of are reports of historic Soviet events, every day a new event, and planted letters promising the government a greater output of steel, a greater output of coal, a greater yield of wheat per acre, a greater, larger number of liters of milk per cow. No longer quarts. Liters, mind you. My paper's lousy with statistics that nobody gives a darn about. It's as interesting to read as a telephone book. It stinks. Greatest circulation in the world. I'd rather give my paper away free and have it read by only five people than have the largest page circulation of a paper that's read by nobody. Well, as long as you persist in that attitude, I don't see how this strike can be settled, how this newspaper can continue. Maybe not this strike, maybe not the Globe. And I'm going to have a paper that's read. <laughs> New place isn't much of a plant, but we're printing. Let's see one of them. It doesn't look nearly as good as a globe. And it's not as big. But it smells a lot better. Oh, you're right there. All we have to do now is distribute it. 
Our newspaper circulation will be practically nil at the beginning. But think what it'll do for our blood circulation. Yeah, I feel like I'm alive again. We'll write what we think. I really don't know whether my typewriter will be able to stand the shock. <laughs> well, I, I suppose we all know what we're doing, the chances we're taking. Yeah, sure. Well, let's get on with it, huh? Come here. Come on, that's it. Who is it? Open up. Who is it? Open up or we'll break it in. Get the papers out the back door. Right. Oh, just a moment. Okay, break it in. There's more coming in the back. Come on, get him. Hey, over there. Stop break him. Break up. They're smashing the presses. Stop them. Put him out to it. Come, burn it. Burn it. Snap it up. Come on, snap it. Let's get out of here. Mr. Wilson. Yeah, I, I guess so. Your eye, Desmond. Yes, my eye. Jones's nose. An arm here and a leg there. Nature will repair those little details, but our press. Wilson, what's going on here? You've arrived too late, Mr. Gordon. As you see, our plant's been destroyed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why don't you give up this wild idea, Wilson? I'm not giving up. They're not going to stop me. Well, it looks like they have. Do you want to make a complaint? I have a strange suspicion that a complaint would do no good. And I have a strange suspicion that every time you start again, this is going to happen again. By whose orders? Orders? The Press Directions Bureau doesn't want to see an honest newspaper printed. The Press Directions Bureau is glad to see unrealistic newspapers unable to go to press. Oh, press directions or not, I'm going to put out a newspaper. Get him! Come on, break everything! Get those presses! Burn them up! Let's go! Get in there! You're not going to stop me! You still didn't learn, eh, Wilson? You're not going to stop me! You're not going to stop me! Beat him, not break him down, break everything, break everybody. Not going to stop me. Don't stop. You're not going to. Oh, help me! Oh. Well, Austin, has he been stopped? He's been stopped, Mr. Gordon. <laughs> You have just heard a story of what happens to newspapers under a communist regime. You think this could not happen? It did happen to newspapers in Romania. It did happen to the Viturul and the Luptatia, two Bucharest newspapers. A third newspaper, the Universul, is now completely dominated by the communist. In any country where communism takes over, freedom of the press is one of the first rights to be abolished.
been listening to If Freedom Failed, starring Jeff Chandler as Arnold Wilson in Circulation. Griff Barnett was Gordon. Carlton Young was Desmond. Others in the cast included Betty Lou Gerson, Crane Whitley, Joel Nessler, Earl McDaniel, Sanford Wolfe, Peter Leeds, Jack Crucian, Lee Arnold, Stan Waxman, Paul Richards, and Lamont Johnson. Music was composed by John Hicks, with musical direction by Michelle Perrier. Circulation was written for If Freedom Failed by Fred Freiberger, produced and directed by Will Scott. Sergeant Lloyd Eyer speaking. This program has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.